0: Different podcasts. Um, the unofficial unsanctioned women UCI. Women's UCI so fuck. Fuck. <laughs> fuck.
1: <laughs> fuck. Best opening ever. Hi, <laughs> my name is Sarah, and with me as always to talk all about women's cycling uh, with our calendar spectacular is my good friend Dan. Dan, how are you?
0: Well, it's it's Friday evening, and um I think you can tell that I'm relieved to have made it to the end of the week. <laughs> so it's
1: it's Friday morning and I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to go. And I'm especially ready to go because I have been up to my chin in spreadsheets and analysis well, on, and stuff like not, that. come on,
0: that's not that far, really.
1: <laughs> but I just want to say a huge thank you to my Patreon supporters because, oh my God, like last month, they, you, dear Patreon supporters, you funded me to, be, to just dedicate myself to world championships and to talk about worlds and to find worlds videos and to write about worlds and da-da-da-da-da. And ever since then you funded me to talk to Miranda Vries, who's one of my favorite interviews ever you funded me to talk to someone else but i can't put that interview up because my other computer's in the shop oh my <laughs> god but you know you're funding my computer being fixed thank you and <laughs> this week you have funded me to do some really in-depth analysis of the uh mm-hmm. the women's calendar the women's calendar. Um, This is something I've been doing for a couple of years. I started in 2011, then I did it again in 2013, and then last year, and then last year and this year. And what I do is I look at how things have been changing.
0: Well, I mean, honestly, you look at a lot more than just that, but that is one of the key themes, Um, and it's actually it's a really handy way to to get a sense of, um, I guess the the ups and downs and the arc of the sport you know not just from one season to the next but over several years it's interesting what turns up
1: yeah yeah i mean i i I started it because i just wasn't sure whether when i went in 2011 it was quite a negative time i guess for women's cycling and i started it because we were losing a lot of races and i started looking at it to see were my perceptions were what i was feeling that it felt you know that, that it felt like right and what I found was that while well, it felt like we were losing a lot of races, we actually had gained some. You know, we actually—I looked at it um, from 2006 to 2011. I did just picked a year at random. Well, it wasn't really random. That was the year that you know um, was the first year of CQ ranking. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And so, so you know, it's the first it was, year I had my data. Yeah,
0: it was it was sort of random in the sense that that was the year that randomly the data you needed was available.
1: Yes, yes. And it's also, I mean, it was a six year, a six year period. And I kind of wanted to have a look at it over that time. Um, and what I found then was that while the number of races had increased, which surprised me, the number of race days had dropped quite, quite significantly. And that was very interesting, because yeah, on the one hand, more races, but on the other hand, less racing. Mm, mm. And it's it's
0: actually, that's a, it's a very interesting distinction to make and probably an important one to note because that's the thing, like you can lose a stage race, gain a, a one day race and, you know, come out even or even gain two one day races and think you're ahead and you're actually still behind in terms of days that there's racing on
1: yeah 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 and it's and it's, I also wanted to look at it in terms of the about which races were changing and where they were changing so i've kind of over the years been kind of adding to these tables every year <laughs> <lots of spreadies. laughs> um yes Yes. they're just
0: they're just not complicated enough god damn it
1: (laughs) oh no don't say that i want them to be i hope i hope what i'm trying to do i'm a visual person i work best in notes and i work best in things so i have got some visual views with color (laughs) coding, and i do sometimes worry that the only person who really understands them or they really make sense to is me
0: (laughs) No, no, that actually wasn't what I meant when I said, you know, uh, harder. I mean, they're actually the, – the finished products are, are quite good. I meant wrangling all <laughs> harder and having to deal with it from your side of things. So,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, so what we'll do is we'll talk about what we found this year. And if you want to go back and look at my other posts um, – so all these posts, all the big color-coded spreadsheets and stuff, they're on Um And – You can also go back to Podium Cafe to the ones I've looked at in previous years. Um, So first of all, what I did was have a look at the... Well, basically, I'm really interested in this because every year the calendar is introduced, yeah, in about October, September, October time, around World Championships. And there's a difference between what is introduced and what comes later on in the year.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, and and as we say... it it's often, you know, races that might be planned or whatever that for various reasons don't come off, which is very frustrating and annoying all round. But then also like the, um, I'm thinking particularly of those South African races that sort of appeared on very short notice this year. Yeah. Uh, you know you you do occasionally and especially coming into an olympic year have more of these well i guess i guess the ones invented the term haven't they like pop up races now like a pop up shop or or whatever yeah 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 pop up yeah.
1: races that's what i mean that's that i don't know who said that first but that's how i always describe them now pop up races um yeah pop up races to me they're races that just appear on the calendar, there's, and we'll come on to this a bit later, but in the Olympic qualification period, they tend to happen in places that don't have a lot of races already. Yeah. UCI races. And it might be a race that's already exists that suddenly gets UCI ranking just for that one year, or it might be a new brand new race that just appears and never, and disappears and disappears. And I have mixed feelings about this. I, I, I don't think, I can see why... So a country like South Africa, for example, might encourage people to put on women's races and they turn up quite late on the calendar and the aim is to get South African race riders more qualification points for the Olympics.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And, oh, it bothers me. Now, one of the reasons it bothers me is that the Olympic Games qualification is already set up to privilege, to prioritise more countries going over more... Riders, yeah. you know, over,
0: basically... over the you know quote unquote quality of those riders. So you yeah, know, like the idea is, and and uh, you know, in terms of the spirit of the Olympics and whatever, that's a that's a laudable and noteworthy goal. But it does literally mean that you know, it's it's a diversity action, which you know is fine, but it means that like your bigger, stronger um, cycling nations with with uh, uh Great history and tradition and programs to support a multiplicity of riders do wind up losing out spots to riders who are going to at best be pack fodder
1: yeah 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 exactly i mean i so so basically five five countries get to send four riders mm. with additional places for the for the for, for the winners of only three of the continental championships this is interesting dan so the asian championship winner Pan American Championships winner and African Championships winner get an automatic extra spot. Yeah, but the Australasian and the Europeans don't. Yeah, yeah. And that is, and I'd argue that I mean I don't I don't, I don't get what that's about because basically the Pan American champs are pretty much always won by an American. Yeah, the Americans are going to get. Going to qualify, you know, going to qualify for the top places, you know, for the top places, for the top places. Anyway, it just seems like okay. Well, that's fine. So we'll maybe get five American riders there, but it's just not fair. It's not fair. goddammit. it! Like why, why, why not give that advantage to an Australian as well? You know, and to Linda, I mean, Linda Willemson will will get get to go to the uh, to, to the Olympics anyway, on where yeah. she where she where she um, is. It's just it's just not right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, and, and, and it is actually one of those things that I think is, um, like, like, the the politics of it is just incredibly convoluted, because you've got the politics of national cycling federations, um, global region cycling federations, the UCI, and then on top of that, you know, the IOC, and, and all of them have their own agendas and, and plans and ideas of how it should be, and... And uh, to be honest, when when you get that many different things going on at once, like the the riders themselves, basically wind up being grist to the mill.
1: You know? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's completely weird. It's it's a strange thing as well because, like, we we say this a lot, but say five people riders, because um, you've got people who automatically qualified through world spots. <laughs> say five riders from the Netherlands go. And five riders from Italy go. Well, riders who are the best, you know, the the, the top five, and just say it's the top five riders. Well, riders who are the sixth to tenth best Dutch riders are probably better than (laughs) most countries' first rider. Yes, yes. And so, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so there's, so the pop-up races add extra, um and extra levels of politics to this and yeah. the other thing that i have a problem with pop-up races about i would not be i wouldn't have a problem necessarily if they came out and went yes we are a race that is only for this year and the plan is to get south african right r- riders to the to to, to to the olympics and the uci went. Yeah. yes we are giving them uci status for that and they were open about it but i think it's the fact that they just pretend so
0: yeah, well, and, and, and that goes back to the thing that I used to – well, you know, I still think, but I used to go on about a fair bit, which is that one of the things I think the UCI should do in terms of overhauling the way they classify races is actually require for um, UCI accreditation, you know, like a, a th- if you're a new race, like a three-year plan that demonstrates that you will be going, you know, on beyond – Um, And I'd even, like you say, I'd I'd actually even be willing to have like a special type of of race accreditation for those pop-up races. I mean, yeah, Yeah. bring it out in the open, be honest about it, but don't, you know, don't allow a situation that creates this impression that we're going to get new races and then they just disappear as soon as qualifying is done.
1: I mean, when so one of the things that I've looked at, and we'll come on to this later, is I have looked at this in terms of making a chart of where the races have been and gone from in the different years. So you can look and see the visual patterns. And for example, there's two races in Venezuela that just only appear in the Olympic qualification period.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're reading too much into it. I mean, have we gone full conspiracy <laughs> theory?
1: No, is? it's... But this is, but, and the other thing I just want to mention is while I was in the middle of doing all of this, there was, there's been an announcement that there's a new South African race happening in November that's UCI ranked. Yeah. That no one's heard of Mm. that has just appeared out of nowhere. So I haven't put, I didn't, I just, at that point, I just could not, I just, to be honest, I'd published one of my pieces. I wasn't going to, you know, I've done all my tables, I've got all my JPEGs done, I've got all my, my my figures. I just didn't, I haven't taken that into account. Yeah. So there and is one extra South African race floating around, and I'll add that in for next year. Look, but to, it's just...
0: Yeah, to be honest with you, even I would be like, nah, that cyclocross season, you can't you can't put on a race in November. That's Yeah. What
1: well, I mean, and again, and so here's the really, really funny thing about those South African races is we had, the two pop-up South African races, the PMB Road Classic and the Hibiscus Cycle Classic, yep. that happens in May and in May uh, and oh, April, respectively. Also,
0: actually, on that note, I don't think you should be fucking allowed to call a race a classic if it's the first time it's run. I mean, <laughs> I know there's a little more to it than that, but, like, fucking at least give it two years before you start calling it a classic.
1: Oh, come on, does that count as Stradi Bianchi?
0: No, because it was an instant classic. That's a different thing altogether.
1: <laughs> so the thing about these two South African races was they were put on specifically and overtly with the with the intention of getting South African riders more points. But the South African Federation hadn't looked at when the qualification period started. Yes. And I think the qualification period either starts at the end of May or the end of June. So they put on these two races, these pop-up races that they didn't tell anyone about that pretty much only had South African riders. And then they didn't qualify anyway, yeah. and that's why... Yeah,
0: that's right. And that's they, why they missed it for like this. three weeks, didn't they? Something yeah. like that,
1: yeah. So that's why we've got... And, and they were like, no, no, no. It starts at the end of the year. You're like, no, that's for men. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. yeah, the UCI laughed maniacally. They, you know, steepled their fingers, stroked their hairless cat and went, ha, ha, you obviously haven't dealt with us before. We, we, we fucking do things weird when it comes to women's cycling.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. So... Um, so yes, yeah, so so that's why they've got this amazing, this surprise race happening. Um, I I do not want to knock South African cycling. I I no, it's a, no. I mean I, I really really want to help to want it to develop and grow. However, yeah, the it's just, this doesn't help it. This doesn't help it having this, this kind of, you know,
0: it's kind of like that legal getting off on a technicality kind of thing, isn't it? Like it's, it's exploiting the rules to, to your benefit. And it's like, Oh, I get it. I get it. It makes
1: sense, but
0: it's not really in the spirit of it, you know?
1: No. Now the other thing that, the other thing that was interesting is surprise is, isn't just pop-up races, but also late additions to the calendar. And, there was a particularly sorry. I've just been delivered coffee, which is the most wonderful <laughs> thing. Of so yeah, I'm a happy bunny. Coffee and Portuguese oh, tarts. Stop, you. stop fucking
0: bragging, jeez.
1: Oh, Portuguese tarts with raspberries. Oh yeah, Thank
0: great. So the rest of this podcast is going to be me going, Sarah. Sarah, are you there? And you going, roo, roo.
1: <laughs> which is pretty much how all our Skype conversations go. To be honest, ah, <laughs> um, uh, be horrified
0: uh, if you knew how true that was.
1: <laughs> So some of the things that also is interesting about this is, is, is races that were added onto the calendar late Yeah, and the Philadelphia classic, for example, became a world cup very late. It wasn't, it wasn't announced in September and the, Tour of California Invitational ITT and the Tour of California stage, stage race were also very, pretty much very late. So they, I think, yeah. they were. I think teams were told about them in January, and February. Now, you might remember I did some interviews with Stefan Wyman, uh, the DS of the small team yep. Matrix yep. Alpine Matrix Pro Cycling, yep. and also with Martin Barris, the DS of a bit huge team Orica, because yep. I wanted to know what it was like. You know, did they get told? How do they get told about these races? Why does it make a difference? And Marv was especially, you know, from a small team's point of view, well, it's out of your reach anyway. But what Marv said was that because they are starting to plan their next year's season in the previous June.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That having American races just turn up on the calendar with UCR, UCR, with you know, mm-hmm. they just, there's just no way they can go because they can't. They've got their, they've got their budget sorted out. Yeah, they've got their, they've got their plans sorted out. And so you end up with like when races, when races come on like on board like that so late, you can't. You, you just either have to scrabble for extra funding. Hey, sponsors, can you pay for our team to go to America?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then you know, are which, you just which going is, for one is race? no
0: small thing, because even if even if your your team only goes for a week, so you're taking say six riders and you know three staff, or maybe hiring a couple of local staff, um, you know, like like it adds up really bloody quickly. Well, you're like,
1: hiring a car. Yeah. You've got to get a van. You're taking you're shipping your bikes. You've yeah, got to get yeah. a van at the other side to get your bikes. You're you're, you're taking all the extra kit. Um, if you if you enter up the tour of California an ITT bike and ITT bikes and road bikes yep, and all the yep. wheels or the tires, all the stuff, everything you take, you don't know what you've, you know, your, all your drink or your, or your everything like that. like, even yeah. if you're just going for Philly Classic and the other thing is there's a really, it's, there is a love.
0: Sorry, I was sorry. to say it's incredibly easy to see how that could, that could, without even trying add 20, 30 grand to a team's budget.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And, and if you were say, and there, there are a couple of really nice um, North American subseasons, mini seasons. So you could do, for example, the Joe Martin stage race is from 23rd to 26th of April. And then you could, the Tour of the Gila you know is 29th of yep. April to 3rd of May. And then Amgen Tour of California was the 8th to 10th of May. And Tour of California ITT was the 15th of May. But you're still getting from all these crazy different places. You know, it's, it's not like going, okay, well, I can do those races in Belgium yeah. where it will take an hour and a half to drive there you're also kind of you know if you want to do the second season which basically has Winston-Salem Classic um, in the USA um, then you can go up to Canada for the GP Gatineau and the Chrono Gatineau and then you can go down to Philadelphia
0: yeah yeah
1: Well, that's, that's, that's an immense amount of travel. That's not like.
0: It is. And logistics, time zones, riders acclimating and then acclimating back to Europe because the season's not over and, and all of that sort of stuff, you know, as you say, even finding out, you know, like, like people think, oh, we're talking, you know, racing in late April, early May, Sarah, you know, surely it's not that hard. And it's like, actually finding out in January is really bloody hard. Because you've you've gone to your sponsors, you've tried to sew up your funding, and you've got your plan in place. And women's cycling, in particular, like you, you know, this is a sport where like the teams don't have a slush fund. There's <laughs> not there's not like an extra fifty grand that's discretionary just in case we need it. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And so and so this is why. See. So we went from when the calendar was announced in in September October, it was 173 racing days. And we actually ended up with 183 days raced. And that includes races that were planned, uh-huh. that disappeared from the calendar, like the Le, Le, Le Quatre Jeux in France, and also races like Giro Trentino, which were planned as stage races and then went down to day races. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but it's generally positive. I mean, you know, things like the vuelta came on. You know, the Madrid challenge yeah, by, yeah, by yeah. the vuelta came on late. You know, those kind of things. I mean, I the message I have from here is, dear UCI, stop allowing races to get this, to do this shit. You know, it's actually better at this point because we've been growing and growing and growing gradually. It's better to say to a race, no. You know, if you if you haven't registered by by this time, either you've got to kind of provide funds to help you know riders travel teams travel there or no sorry you're not coming in so none of this none of this surprise pop-up races my my
0: message is you know it it, i feel achieves the same thing but is much simpler dear uci please just hire sarah to be in charge of women's (laughs) cycling it would be much easier for everyone
1: (laughs) i wish oh my god can you imagine oh you would be you
0: would be the best not even slightly benevolent dictator it'd be great uh,
1: i am i'm actually really i'm actually a really organized person it's wonderful (laughs) so um so the next thing i did was look at the 26 calendars 2016 calendar yeah Yep. and i have a caveat again that this is the calendar what it looks like right now so just as we had 10 10 race days more and we've lost some races so the ladies tour of new zealand has been cancelled um the pmb road classic and the his cycle classic aren't on the calendar for next year Weird. <laughs> Come on.
0: that's
1: so Odd strange that. wow now,
0: and i and again i object to the use of the word classic
1: ah. <laughs> but the other thing is that we've also lost a couple of races that's not necessarily a bad thing so for example well one of them is so with the world tour we've also got the world tour next year now the Ronde van Drenthe is one of three race was has been one of three races. It starts with the uh, Monocat and Drense Acht. Then you have the Ronde van Drenthe World Cup, and then you have the Novelon EDR Cup, Novelon Euro Cup. Now the Novelon Cup's gone, and presumably that's the cost of getting the Ronde van Drenthe from World Cup to World Tour stage to World Tour, yeah, yeah. yeah. Similarly, the. We've also lost, and I'm saying this in inverted commas, the Amgen Tour of California, ITT, which I don't think is a problem. I've always hated that race. It was an invitational. <laughs> Tell us what you really feel. Seriously, man. <laughs> I don't think it should have had UCI status this year. It's invitational. So basically, with UCI status, you're supposed to invite the top teams of, you know, the top the top the top teams and riders. You don't, you don't, top teams, you just don't get a choice to go, you know what, I want to pack my race full of, american riders first five canadians and then maybe a couple of international riders just so that you know it, it, it's 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 not i the fact that it got uci status really really annoyed me because it was invitational and again it was done so late and i think that they i think that they actually might have done it cleverly that they announced my my conspiracy theory is that they announced it late on purpose so they didn't so that they didn't have to have it dominated by international teams so they could still keep it mostly american
0: maybe i mean you know and and part of that might also have been because they they you know knew that they were going to be trying for world tour this year and and was you know tying up sponsors or something I mean, let's yeah. if we're going to go conspiracy theory, let's go full blown conspiracy theory. Yeah. Have you heard so, have you heard I've heard that Elon Musk, inventor of, you know, Tesla and and uh, SpaceX and stuff like that, like founder of those big companies is big into women's cycling and will be funding women's cycling heavily next year. Really? No, just starting rumors, but it was a good one, wasn't it?
1: No, it was exciting. Um so we've lost so we lost the Tour of California ITT, but the Tour of California race, which this year was I'm sorry Americans I was a bit disappointed by it it was th- it was 3 days before the tour of the men's tour of california started in completely different places and it was basically crit-esque stages you know it just wasn't it just wasn't um it, yeah, just... well, it, was,
0: it was it was I think it was literally it was 3 crits and one sort of road stage that was a big look well, stage crits. wasn't it
1: yeah. yeah but what they're doing but what they're doing next year is they pull it? They've cha- they've pulled it in so it's actually on the same time as the men's tour of California, and it's going up to four stages. So presumably it's pulling the ITT into. Uh, right, yeah, so actually so, so while we take, so again, this is one of those things of while we lose one one race, we keep the number of racing days. And actually I think this is a massive, massive net gain. And really it is very exciting because if the world tour has meant that the tour of California has developed into something quite frustrating, into a proper race, then that is wonderful. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely. really, really, really good news. Um the other race we've disappeared is because of the world tour is the tour of Chongming Islands. Um they have had the stage race and the world cup yep. and what they've decided to do is to ditch the world cup is to d- ditch the day race completely and just have the stage race
0: yeah yeah which i, I sort of understand but it's also one of those ones that like um uh, you know i don't know maybe they need to do a kickstarter or something to like put some fucking road furniture in or, or something like that because um, riders in particular seem to be getting a bit bored with that one
1: yeah, I mean, the Chong Island is difficult. I think the island's eighty kilometres long and 18 kilometres wide. So, you know, there's, there's limited for a three-stage stage race. There's quite a And it's flat. The highest point of the island is the road bridge, is, is, is the entrance yeah. onto the road bridge. I mean, they, they got round it by starting in Shanghai this year. And, you know, maybe they can kind of do some more like, like <gasps> that. Oh, and- they could do a stage on paddle boats.
0: No, not not really. Not for the World Tour, but honestly, I was expecting that you'd laugh at that. So I really don't know what to do with stunned silence. I'm not used to it.
1: You didn't even see my side eye, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Is that what I felt on the back
1: of my neck? (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I can't believe you just suggested they had a race on pedalos. Oh, my God. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, but no, but nice ones shaped like swans and stuff.
1: So the other races that we've lost off the calendar next year. Now, I'm interested in this because when I was looking at this, we've lost three French races, the Tour de Bretagne, the Tour de l'Ardèche, and the donations ITT. Now, I think my theory is that these races haven't been lost, but there might be some hold up in getting them registered. Uh, with a French Fed, it just seems quite interesting that, you know, when we look at the races that we lost, we lost the Tour of New Zealand, we lost the two South African races, but, you know, they might come back. I can understand the other races that we've lost from, uh, you know, World Tour. So it's, it just seems a coincidence that three of the races we've lost are all French. Yeah. And so I asked a couple of French twi- tweeters about this, I especially asked Chloe, and she her theory is the same as mine, that is that, they're going to come back on the calendar. There's just been a hold up somewhere about getting them registered.
0: Yeah, no, well, it was probably the, you know, we're talking French races, so the registration office has probably been closed for like four months. You know, it's open for like half an hour on Tuesdays.
1: I, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's... Honestly,
0: <laughs> you're English. Yeah, I mean, you should be all over a French bashing joke. Usually I have to talk you down from those.
1: I I've never bashed the French in my life. I, I mean, I, they're races, and the Turle-Languedoc-Russi on, and yeah, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah but exactly. that's different, that's not exactly. different, anyway, so those are races that we've lost, but we're gaining some races, and I think we should start at the beginning of this, because Daniel, the first race we're gaining in January, UCI accredited race, Is kind in of, Australia.
0: It's kind of boring, yeah, like not that big a deal really. Oh come on! It's basically the Tour of New Zealand moved to its spiritual home. It's like you know, it's a two point two, it's two crits, two road stages. You know, yay!
1: Oh my God, we haven't had we haven't had UCI racing in Australia since two thousand and eight. Yeah, Australian women have never haven't. There's a whole generation <laughs> of young riders who've never been able to win UCI points on their home soil. Uh oh.
0: Uh. I, I just, I just loved that you nearly said have never been able to. <laughs> yeah, look, I know it's good, but like at the same time, like it, it's, I mean, you know, it's early days. This could grow into something great, but you know, it's, 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 it's a small 2.2 race. Like, yay. I look, do I, look, one I, thing, one thing, I, one thing I think it does do, um, that was very unfortunate for New Zealand with the Tour of New Zealand, um, is correct the timing issue where Qatar, like Tour of New Zealand was happening, like happened last year after Qatar. Mm. And that's a big ask to ask, you know, poorly poorly resourced women's teams to fly riders to Qatar and then New Zealand and then back to Europe is, you know, um, but when you've already got, you know, as we've talked about before, a bunch of Aussies who are here for the summer and, you know, have this nasty habit of bringing their mates back with them from Europe. <laughs>
1: yes i mean the the, the summer the the midsummer the midsummer races in australia are wonderful um you have the the, you have the nrs races beforehand but the ones that i really love the mitchellton bay cycling classics which are four crits in a row um then you have the cattle evans great ocean road race which started for the first time um this year and sadly wasn't uci even though the men's race was and dan and i nearly fell out forever over arguing about that
0: overblown overblown
1: and then you have maybe the men-
0: maybe and- fell out for like six months. That's like forever. What? Well, yeah. No.
1: And then we had the Santos Women's Tour, which is you know alongside the Santos Men's Tour down under. You know, this is the tour down under
0: different. It, it had different organisers, um, you know, early on. So it's it's one of the interesting things is that it's it's come together. Um,
1: yeah, so- I listen. I'm not knocking anything about this. It's so the racing. Oh, no, 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 I'm
0: not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. But at the same time, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dancing around going hell yeah like this you know it, it, it's it's gonna be the fucking best racing ever it's
1: not it's not gonna be the best racing oh come on it's just it's for me i guess it's, it's funny that it's, it's funny that me from europe where you know british riders can just nip across the channel and get uci points but you know for Australian riders and especially for young riders and developing riders and riders who don't have a contract yet. I mean, there's been a big tradition of riders doing well oh, in the Australian mate, yeah, summers but, and, yeah. and then getting signed for the but, season. Yeah,
0: but this is this is this is the problem is that you don't understand, you know, what we call here the tyranny of distance, which we grow up with and live under. Like we're just used to it, mate. I've I've literally gone to the US for a weekend. Like you know, like going to Europe to get some UCI points is no big deal. Could you get yeah, you're, while you're, you're out a pack, a pack of b- b- biscuits? you
1: like, but you're, a, you're you're a wealthy you're a wealthy executive.
0: Um, I'm neither of those things. Um, but
1: oh sorry, a manager, a corporate manager.
0: Uh, I, I please please continue to describe myself. Please <laughs> please. <laughs>
1: I think we might be falling out again. No, anyway. well, it's, it's just very. Interesting.
0: Basically, I, know, think you, we I mean, you, I feel like you should know better. I feel like you should actually be able to do it, and it's interesting to me that you're failing so badly.
1: I feel um, I don't want to really give away what I know that you do. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, that's, that's I, an I excellent. I, that's an excellent defense. <laughs>
1: I. <laughs> I think there's a moral of this story that Dan and I should never be allowed to talk about Australian racing because it makes us fight. Anyway, no, um, so no, I think it's good, Dan's, I'll Dan's, 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 Dan's met about it. Um, next yeah, new no, race? No, no, there's... no,
0: that's that's unfair. I mean, uh, I think you're also you're mis- misinterpreting, you know, like Aussie culture a bit here. You know, like it's okay, me going, ah, yeah, like that's good. That's like that's that's like a step down from excited.
1: Okay, so the next race, next new races are. I'm going to say pop up. It really is. The, you've got a. So the European racing season starts on 27th of November with uh, uh, September, of February. Omloop noiseblad Noisblad. The I oh god every year they throw some. It's like you take your. Someone described it one I, I remember someone's description of, you know, it's like you take a little tiny baby animal and you feed it up and you you, you, you know, you, you train it and you, you love it and you support it and you feed it and you nurture it and you grow it and then you throw it to the wolves. And that's literally what I feel oh, like now. Right. I thought you
0: were gonna say, and then you slaughter it and cook delicious roast lamb because all of a sudden I had a hankering for lamb, that's all I'm saying.
1: You take these poor little innocent, fresh faced, first time in Europe riders and you give them the omelette pet noise blat, which is like an enormous field full of like terrifying people, everyone chomping to go carnage in the neutral zone frozen eyeballs ridiculous cutoff times where you know where pretty much only 25 riders are allowed to finish the race yeah
0: there's a really really good practical and psychologically sound reason for doing that which is if you can survive that literally for the rest of the season every every race doesn't matter what race it is every race after that you're just gonna be like well easier than you
1: Well, yes. And also when I spoke to Miranda Reeves about it and she was saying, yeah, and then you laugh about it later. You always have that memory to laugh. Remember that time when I nearly gave up cycling completely and (laughs) I was crying and I was cold and I couldn't find anyone for my team. And and, and a stranger (laughs) lent me his coat because he felt sorry for me. And I was huddling (laughs) under the stairs of the velodrome because it was the warmest place. And
0: my eyeballs froze,
1: <laughs> and I'd crashed six times in the first 10 kilometers, and I just thought I was shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so that's the day that the new Slovenian road race is on, marvelous. Um, there's been some changes, some moving around, so they've moved, um. Telt Winger on um, um, Omloop van het Hageland to join Het H- Noisblad. So there's a nice pairing of races. Oh, yeah. And actually, that's that's something that's interesting about this season is that a lot of the races have been moved around to make weekends full of riding. Yeah. Which is you know which is useful. So we kind of start and then so we go from Omloop Het Noisblad, the classic season. We have. Um, Strade Bianchi, the first World Tour race on 5th of March. The next World Tour is uh, Ronde van Drenter a week later in the Netherlands. And then a week after that, we have the Trofeo Alfredo Binder World Tour in um, in a beautiful Italy. Then they have a fortnight off before the Ronde van Vlaanderen th- on the 3rd of April. And uh, then they have...
0: What about
1: Oh shit yes yeah, sorry yes I'm lying on yes yeah, you get he- yes yeah. you- yeah. yeah, so Ronde van Drent 13 days later Kent with Elgem um, a week after that uh, Ronde van then we have oh you know look they've got like 2 3 weeks off before the um before Flesch Wallon is the world tour and then that's the classic season that's the kind of classic season yeah. In between it, we've got a new stage race in Mexico, which I'm really, really happy about, you know, all more races in South America and Central America is more better for me. But we've also got a brand new race on the 30th of March called the Pajot Hills Classic. This is in Pajottenland, which is a appa- which is just to the south of, Bel- of of Brussels. Right. Apparently it's very beautiful, it's very hilly, and this is the area where where Huick Ger- and Huick happens.
0: Yep, yep,
1: yep. And that's got that magic word, Gerardsbergen. It does. It does. <laughs> so I the Pajot Hills classic, um yeah, we've never heard of it. Nestled lovingly between Hent with Elgem and the Rondevan of Langeren. I think that's going to be an instant classic.
0: Well, I, I, I it certainly has the opportunity to be. I hope it I hope it Are works. you going
1: to allow that to be called classic?
0: um yeah that one well it's belgian so yeah yeah like there's there's a there's an automatic exemption from the the must-have two years or more of racing before you can be called a classic rule if you're a belgian race
1: <laughs> and that's a, and it's nice to have a brand new bad, brand new belgian race so then we kind of run through and there's been some some shifting around of of races and so for example the van idol delta has moved from june to go next to the van helderland um The Peloton will split at this point because there's the American mini-season starts while there's the Euro season. And then we kind of chunter along till May when we have two new races in Israel called the Apple Race.
0: Yeah. which
1: You know what I think these races are, Dan? Uh, I think they're Golan. The Golan races move to Israel. Right. Right. Yeah. My auto translate wouldn't take, wouldn't Yeah. Take so
0: probably, probably F don't, site. yeah. Don't expect, uh, don't expect those ones to, to necessarily. All I, yeah, look, I guess all I'm saying is don't necessarily plan to have a holiday weekend in Israel just to see those races like plan in some other sites as well.
1: Yeah. Um, more new races in May, two more Venezuelan races. Now, this is interesting because in Venezuela, the little mini Venezuelan season, you have the um, two-day two race, the Copa Federación Venezuela, Venezolana and the Clásica Cole de la Vida, Por la Vida, um, in May. And then a week later, you have the Grand... I thought they were the same race put in twice because one's the Grand Premio de Venezuela and the next one's the Grand Prix de Venezuela.
0: Yeah, well, because I mean, I'm very linguistically confused right now, because <laughs> like, they they they're the same race, aren't they? Surely they're
1: on different days. Yeah, I think I thought they were the same the same race, but they're on different days. Who knows? I, I it, it's entirely possible in the pre, in Olympic qualification year that you would have two races on with you know right. with yeah, a very, okay,
0: okay, yeah. Um,
1: I feel mad. And, and the interesting thing about them is that they're then followed by the Pan American Championships. And, of course, the Pan Am Champs um, is important this year for because of Olympic qualification. Yep. I really, really feel for the Vuelta Femenina Costa Rica, which moved from June into this nice empty spot, which would have been a good thing. She had the two Venezuelan racers, and then you could go to Costa Rica to race the Vuelta there, and then you could come back and race the, um, the, the Pan Ams. Yeah. But poor, poor Vuelta Costa Rica, which moves around the calendar, it ping-pongs around the calendar, and everywhere it goes to is terrible um, for it, is now against these two races.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's...
1: Well, you know, but then again,
0: uh, yeah, I, who knows? Honestly, who knows? I, I, um, yeah. I have a feeling yeah, those two races is- are one race and stuff, but Yes.
1: We'll see. We'll see. And then the next race is in Wales. Yeah, the race was, in
0: is, is this put on by our friends Nicky and Gethin Like, have they finally achieved their dream of of of, of holding a Welsh race?
1: No, no. So the Velofon Wales, it it was a, it's been a sportive for ages, and then it added a men's race last year, and apparently it's adding a women's race this year. Now, next year, now the course it goes from beautiful Cardiff gorgeous Cardiff, up to Abergavenny, which is like a mad spiritual home of bike racing in Wales. It's like, right. it's ha- in, recent, in recent years been host to the National Road Champions, National Cyclocross Champions. It has this wonderful festival of cycling, you know, with with um, uh, with uh, hand cycling races, kids races, lots of races. It's wonderful. So from Cardiff to Abergavenny is great. The race then goes over the tumble, which is this epic, famous ridiculously horrible it's not quite the world people call it the welsh alpe d'Huez, but that's only with a welsh sense of humor <laughs> it's still so hard the race then comes back down via carefully mountain look it's got the word mountain in it and comes back to finishing cardiff um if this happens it'll be in the middle of so this enormous 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 sportif a big festival of cycling cardiff is beautiful and the welsh and really know how to do sport. you know it's where all the um rugby happens the welsh really know how to do sporting events the scenery will be gorgeous and it'll be a climbing race if this race happens the only reason i'm saying this is because while it's on the calendar it's not on the website and some people have been oh, saying, right,
0: right. "Is this?
1: Have they? Uh, is it definitely going ahead? I, it's on the calendar. Um, if it happens, come to Wales. Oh my God, we'll have a really big party, um, and we'll 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 celebrate, and we'll have a women's cycling meet up in Cardiff afterwards. You can meet. Like, oh, it'll be wonderful. Come come to that race. Um, I am super excited about this. And can you believe that just like two years ago, there were no." International races in Britain, and there hadn't been for years. And now, next year, we're going to have two world tours and one um, and one uh, two world tours and one new UCI race. And the other world tour, which I cunningly didn't highlight on my beautiful, beautiful spreadsheet, is the Prudential Ride London GP, which is a crit. For some odd reason, a crit has been added to the world tour. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy yeah. to go with it at this point. Let's just go with it. It's in front of Buckingham Palace. It'll be really spectacular to watch. And, you know, maybe Sprint Riders should get some guaranteed points in the World Tour. Yeah,
0: yeah. Look, and uh, maybe it's also part of a a planned, um, you know, like uh, television, like overall television package where, you know, they help keep costs down for some races, you know, by doing those ones or whatever. I, I don't know. But, I, it, it it it's another race on the world tour. It's literally another part of the world. It's very picturesque. It's going to be a good race. I, it's I an amazing.
1: It's yeah. an it is an amazing atmosphere. Um, they have so at the same time you have this crypt. There's a mass participation. Let's just ride around in front of Buckingham Palace and around St James's Park. Uh, anyone just rocking up cycling thing. There's a huge cycling festival on Green Park. So it's a great day. It's a great race. I personally. Yeah, no, fuck it. I mean, I'm going to have it. I'm happy with the World Tour. You know, I think it's a good start. I think yes. I can see why they've kept the Crits in. I can see why. I, I would love to have had the bowls Rental Ladies Tour and especially Touring and Runfart in there. I would love to have some more iconic men's races added in there. I'm really happy about Kent Webelgem and trefer Binder have worked out their problems, and I'm super yeah. happy that Kent Webelgem, like trefer Binder, has added a junior women's UCI race.
0: Yeah, that's actually really cool.
1: I mean, I'm really happy. Already, Vigero Rossa has announced that Colnago, bike manufacturers Colnago, have come on board to sponsor two of their jerseys, the GC and the Best Young Rider jersey. So, yeah, I, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I am positive about the world tour, man. You know, it's it, a good it start. It's basis developments.
0: Exactly, exactly, and that's the thing is, like, you know, while I agree, you know, there's races that you'd love to see part of the world tour and stuff. You can't, you can't arrive at perfection straight away. And the truth is, over the life of things, you know, things will change. There'll still be races that, for different reasons, fade away, and new races will come on board and. You know, build up their own cult following and, and graduate to the world tour and stuff. That's that's part of life. Um, but this is an excellent, excellent, in my opinion, base for yeah, 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 building all of that.
1: I mean, and apart from, I mean, I am grumpy. I'm grumpy about La Course and the Madrid Challenge because they're 90 kilometres long, blah, 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 blah. But there's no way that the World Tour is going to happen without La Course and the Madrid yeah, Challenge. Yeah, exactly. And actually, if this pushes, I, I feel really strongly that RCS coming into women's racing, the, the company, so ASO is the company that runs the Giro, uh, sorry, runs the Tour de France and the Vuelta. So they're behind, and you know, Paris-Roubaix and and tour of qatar and stuff like that um rcs who won run the men's Giro and various other races have come on board with stride bianchi and i actually think that having rcs in the in the mix and when you look at who's in this in this race in the world tour, they've got rcs the aso flanders classics who run a lot of the classics in yep. flanders yeah and then sweet spot who are only running races in britain but who are amazing yeah. like like absolutely totally the most professional organized all the i'm 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 biased i work for them for the race Yeah, but when the
0: riders are uh you know literally saying it's the best best run race they've ever attended and stuff like that like you know it's you you know they're good when you're getting that kind of comment from from riders
1: yeah 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 so you know and, and alongside them they've also got all those you know they've got like the ASO and Sweet Spot and RCS on one hand, on the other hand, you've got like the volunteer run, Vigorda the, the volunteer run, Drenter, you know, yeah. the, yeah. the it, it's, it's a really interesting mix. It's, it's, there's none of those races that you look at and you go, no, that shouldn't be there. There's races that I look at and think well, you know, apart from the potential right, london
0: but i mean yeah but even that i can give a pass because yeah you know like, like it makes sense you know particularly when particularly when you do literally also have la Course and the madrid challenge yeah. where yeah, you've yeah. got you've got these sort of iconic essentially crits in capital cities um you know in front of nice backdrops and and a beautiful television i mean i get that that makes sense and yeah, I, I just think I think it's an awesome structure in terms of all of those things that lands in all of the countries that it really had to land in to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say, there's a really strong platform for growth. I mean, I think it's been an ambition for a long time and it starts to look to me like this could be the foundation for the UCI to actually grow into um you know world tour racing you, you know to expand it in other parts of Asia and South America and africa and and you know you can build off this you can you can make a real world tour um, yeah,
1: yeah, and the other thing that makes me happy about it is Brian Cookson was interviewed on cycling news, and people were asking him, well, you know, are you going to put the rules around you know like men 's teams have to race the world tour if they're world tours teams, and they're very deliberately not. Yep. going to do that at this stage with the World Tour teams, And I think that's really important. I mean, Mariana Voss has never ridden Chongming Island. Yeah,
0: well, and especially, in a, you know, you're transitioning into a whole new system, um, you know, as, as we've all said for, I can't even remember how many years now, you know, the other thing that absolutely has to happen is that we need to create at least one more tier of, of women's professional teams, you know, that, that sort of neo-pro kind of level. Um, and stuff like that. And, and so when you've got all of that, when you've got teams that, you know, uh, with such a variety of, you know, uh, like you talk about, you know, you've got Matrix um, at, at one end of the scale, you've got high tech sitting towards the middle, and you've got teams like Orica or Rabo way out at the other end, you know, you've got to account for, and, and, and the UCI, in my opinion, really does have a responsibility to all of those teams to give them as stable and smoother transition as possible.
1: Yes, and I also, I mean, I I read a really funny thing online this week in in a forum. I read because they linked to our site, so I went back. So sometimes I go back through the links and see who links to us. And they were basically a mad a mad doping conspiracy forum, like a mad oh. thread. Like I got so, and they were saying things like, "Oh well, Yolin Dora not riding uh, Pluie uh, the like when she was leading the World Cup must mean that she's doping."
0: Uh, 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 Well, look, uh, okay, I don't want to say I've heard a lot of conspiracy theories, but I've heard more than, like, four. And that's definitely the dumbest of all of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, the only reason why a sprinter who hadn't expected to be leading the World Cup jersey and was coming up to two really, really important sprint races and then Worlds, which he's got a chance of winning... Yeah. Obviously, the reason she's not going to ride a very, very, very hilly race—it's <laughs> like going to be won by
0: famously hurtfully hilly race—but
1: she's not going to. That, that, that her World Cup lead is going to be stripped away from her. The only reason a sprinter isn't going to ride a hilly race. Is because she's doping. Yeah,
0: well, you know,
1: uh... this 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 site also said that they also their other theory was that Mariana Voss is on a silent doping ban at the moment, and that's not why she's not racing. <laughs> <laughs> and that when I spoke to her before Worlds about Worlds, I was remiss as a cycling journalist in not quizzing her on whether she was off the bike because she's on a silent doping ban.
0: Um, OK, so to random weird internet forum, let me first of all say there's no such fucking thing as a silent <laughs> doping. No, well,
1: no, well, no, there are. There are. Silent, I mean, because because I mean, what they were saying was that Clara Hughes in the 90s, for example, had her three month doping ban in the season, which was kept very quiet. However, that doesn't ha- by by federations and and in the nineties that sort of thing happens a lot.
0: Yeah, well, and that's maybe quite, I don't mean the
1: nineties. Maybe I think the early two thousands. Well, but, but you know but, what I mean.
0: But that's my point: is there's no way that you know the most famous contemporary cyclist in the women's peloton is is on a on a secret silent doping ban. Like, you know, if there was even a whiff of that being true, it would be out.
1: Well and especially because it's the Netherlands and especially because it's Marianne Voss. Yeah. I mean I I I, I... Marianne Voss, please, can you dope test us more, please, says Marianne Voss is quite a common thing. Marianne Voss, please dope test us more. Marianne Voss, who loves riding more than anything in the world ever, who just loves riding and who I think it's you – know the reason I didn't question her too much about why she wasn't riding at the moment is because I think it's killing her. I think it must have killed her not to ride worlds. Well. I think it must have been a really, really, really hard year. Now, yeah. if I was a proper journalist – I might go, yeah, Mariana. Let me poke you with this stick in that sore place. I would then never get to talk to Mariana Voss ever again. Oh, look, maybe. Nah, I mean,
0: I think I think it's more a case of you know, like if if
1: if. But also, I'm a kind person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't exactly. Want someone... You know, like
0: like I think it's different if it's your job. You know, and and you know that's that's my second point to weird internet forum is like fuck you. We don't know you shit. So. <laughs> You know, it's it's our time and the goodness of our hearts. And trust me, Sarah's heart's much gooder than mine.
1: (laughs) Dan does have a very big heart.
0: So, you know, go fucking sit on a a plane sideways. Like, seriously, It's a
1: big throbbing throbbing (laughs) heart, (laughs) brimming with love.
0: Oh, Jesus. Here I am defending you and you're doing that shit to me. Oh
1: come on take giant hearts for your, your
0: huge, enormous uh, right. it was, hearts. There was me who commented on the forum so <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amaze. So yeah, um changes to calendar. I am not happy with where the um under twenty three uh under twenty three uh European championships have gone, by the way.
0: Um well okay, explain how.
1: Sorry, I'm just looking at my spreadsheets and realizing I've put up the wrong goddamn spreadsheet on the fucking chart in my article. Oh, my God, kill me now. Kill me now, Daniel. (laughs) Kill me now. What was I doing? You wouldn't believe how many times I've put up these JPEGs and spotted one mistake and had to go back and redo this all. All right,
0: in in Sarah's defense, she was doing all of this this year with a new computer and a new set of software um, that behaves in, in unexpected ways, which, you know, anyone who's had to learn a whole new software suite um that is similar to but distinctly different from what you're already familiar with will understand the agonies of so you know i, I forgive that um but okay before we get into it then tell me tell me what's incorrect
1: so i, I just put the world championships in the wrong place
0: oh right I'll, that little old thing no no big deal there i'll
1: just um, note to self change sheets right. okay um that sounds so wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah, but I think it's I think it's pretty much entirely in keeping with the tone you set like three minutes ago. So just fucking roll with it, man. Let's do this.
1: <laughs> Are you saying <laughs> I'm not even going to go there? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> the European sure. under twenty, sure. the European Championships, every other continental championships. Yeah is um for elite riders but in europe for some reason i suspect that's because european cyclists are generally uh, you know so much more depth of strength of depth of field european continental championships are only for the under 23s and the juniors yeah and normally these happen in around June time, and and it's they're really great because June and July, and they're really great because they give like young riders um, the chance to be spotted by teams, and teams can either take on board a rider as a stagiaire, um, which is you know short term contract uh, in the end of August September. It's like a, a cycling thing, um, you know, specifically to help develop you know to develop young riders. And so you can be spotted at the Euros and be given a stagiaire contract. Uh, You can also be spotted, do really well at Euros as an under 23 rider and then have something really good to negotiate with about your contract changes, you know, your contract changes and the winner of the under 23s European championships gets an automatic spot at worlds.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: So moving it from midsummer to the end of the season, takes away all of those benefits and i also don't know how it's going to cope with in terms of world championship placings because you know you have to decide who your team is before the world champ I don't, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, it's really frustrating and annoying. And it's especially annoying because one of the things, one of the tables in my part two, what I've looked at, put down on the calendar is looking at the calendar in terms of clashes and the shape of the calendar. And there are still some really big gaps in racing um, where the, you know, where, the, where there aren't any races. So specifically the week between the ninth, well, from the ninth of um, May through to the, uh, through to, well, basically through to the 21st of May, there's no European races
0: right
1: right so there's you know like a week there's a fortnight where it could go there because that's where it could go yes fantastic and then there's a couple of weeks in june where yeah it would clash with a couple of races but it wouldn't be like the end of the world and same in july it could go at the same time as a trophy door um to, you know sorry Tullingen and tour de Bretagne. i mean it'd be sad not to go to Tullingen, but do you know what i mean it's like well or or you know there's there's also there's tons of places where it could go in the calendar that yeah, look yeah. quite obvious and so the reason I'd look at the calendar this way is I like to have it in a little color-coded chart because you know because that way you can just get a feel of the shape of the feel of the calendar the feel of the year sure do you know sure. what I mean
0: well look uh, I get what you're saying I mean really I feel like this just goes back to a point I made earlier and, and apparently need to keep making until someone acts on it which is dear UCI please just pay Sarah to be in charge of the women's <laughs> racing Like it, <laughs> it would just fucking be easier for everyone
1: it's just weird that it's so far back in the year as well because they haven't actually got anyone to run it yet yeah so it's like it's it's kind of i really feel for this year's cohort because you know for juniors you've only got two years that you can be a you know race in the race race in the juniors and for the you know for the under 23s again like this is it's it's already it's already hard enough for the under 23 women because you can't you go straight from juniors straight into racing Marionovas, Emmy Johansson, Lizzie Armstead. Do you know what I mean? There's no yeah, under twenty three yeah. races. You're just you're just fucked. You can go for best young rider jerseys, but you know, both, most of the time you're just you're just you know you're, you're you're struggling. So to kind of take away one of the few options that we've got that's good for developing these under twenty three riders and just shoving it at the back of the season where the benefits are basically disappear is is oh it's just annoying, man.
0: I, I hear
1: you. I hear you. So, yeah, so I went through, so part two of my posting extravaganza is looking at the races from each, you know, in each, um, you know, in each month. You yeah. know, it's very, very interesting because the classic season has, there's no clashes of races. Well, apart from the new Slovenian race with Pet Noisbet, there's no clashes at all in April, in, in March, and only at the end of April do you start having do you start having cl- clashes with races yeah which is interesting because all the races later on in the year the summer races that all clash with each other when you look at the p- the patterns of races over time they're actually they're actually the more um how do you put it the more the more static you know the more um the the, the longest standing races
0: ah oh, right right i get you. yep yep
1: so yeah so yeah interesting
0: that is interesting okay
1: interesting so yes to have a look at that um hopefully it makes sense obviously the world tour now being day races and stage races does mess up my cunning does mess up my uh you know how it looks but you know it is what it is it is what it
0: is and look honestly what it is in a nutshell is fucking awesome you know it's a good start (laughs) No, it, it really is. Look, I mean, you know, I love the World Cups. So the World Cups are heaps of fun. You know, the, the arc of the the um, leader of the World Cup over the course of the season and stuff is all great. But, you know, for me, that's, that's just going to be amplified with this World Tour because, you know, when I first heard about it, like, you, you try to... You try to be excited and positive, but there is that thought – or at least for me anyway, there's that thought in the back of your head that's like, oh, this is going to be hard to – like it'll be easy to fuck this up, you know, and they haven't. They haven't. And and yeah. I, look, anyone who's been listening to this podcast for more than a half an hour knows that that's not something I say in the director of the UCI very often. So no, no.
1: You know. And the other interest, the other interesting thing is the last time they tried to do something like this was I think it was in two thousand and thirteen when they brought in the HC stage, of yeah, the HC classification of races. Now. It started off with three races being H C, which were the Giro d'Italia, the Exegy Tour, and the um and the Giro Toscana. Um Exegy Tour cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> Exegy. like like well, yeah, due to
0: funding, yeah.
1: Um, well, I think it was meltdown due to exergy. Oh my god, that was an interesting drama. Just yeah. if you if you're interested in energy companies in America, just Google ex, you know, just Google or, find that, just Google if the
0: exergy. If you're just looking for a super niche topic to write a book on, <laughs> then this section of exergy and cycling would be a good um, place to yeah. start.
1: I, I I got I got what someone from the Exegy company threatened to sue me on Twitter. I think they got their, they were going to get their internet lawyers after me <laughs> for, say, for saying that Exegy as sponsors had complete had fucked the American American calendar, which is true because they were sponsoring they were down to sponsor pretty much everything. So when they pulled out their sponsorship because of yeah. shenanigans, um, yeah, um, the whole crisis, calendar was. They
0: t- were sponsoring teams. They were sponsoring all sorts of shit and. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and basically, I think what happened—my, my, my—allegedly my off the record. I, this is my personal opinion only. Think what happened was that they basically Over predicted what they could do. But, but yeah, I, I did quite enjoy being threatened to be sued by an inter- with internet lawyers. That that makes me laugh.
0: Uh, yeah, okay, um, but I feel obliged to say, don't just threaten Sarah casually with internet lawyers for shits and giggles. Okay, like just, just don't like <laughs> she she enjoyed it that one time it was a very specific set of circumstances with people she trusted and there was a safe word <laughs> so,
1: Well, the safe word was ha ha ha, ha 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 I can back up what I'm saying love
0: that, that was your safe word um yeah so please please you know don't just casually go around threatening Sarah with internet lawyers that's the kind of shit I get to do not you guys
1: <laughs> so part three of my um my my extravaganza of of spreadsheets is uh looking at the uci races changes over time and this is looking from 2006 to 2016 every year um it's 11 years now my god um looking at what where the races were what races have happened what races have disappeared and also their status it's cunningly color-coded because i do like my color coding um and that will give you some ideas of some patterns, and you can like you know look down and see. Oh yeah, I see what they mean about Olympic year bump. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, so that has the 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 kind of the pattern the pattern of, of things. And, and like I say, it's very very interesting that the races from the races that are like like been most fixed without changes tend to be your July and August stage races. July, yeah. August st- stage races. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting, interesting, interesting. I mean, and there are some more caveats because, you know, again, it looks at races that disappeared and reappeared, and you can't necessarily tell just from looking that, for example, uh, you know, Elsie uh, Jacob's race, they went from two-day races, at, they went from one-day race to two-day races, to two-day races plus a non-registered tight team time trial and then they rolled it up to become a stage race. So while we lost, you know, so while we lost number of races, we gave, it, it stayed the, it stayed the same in racing days. Um the same about the Omeluk d'Or middag Humpsterland, which was a day race, um then added in became the Energie Tour and has been adding and adding and adding and growing and growing and growing every year. So, you know, yeah. there are some caveats, but I list those caveats. And yeah, so I also looked at it in terms of, so like I say, so I've also looked at it in terms of numbers of races. And so for 2016, we look like we're going to have 86 races um, up from 85 races last year. Uh-huh. And in sorry, 86 races next year up from 85 races this year, 76 last year, 65 in 2013 and 57 in 2006.
0: Now, isn't that really interesting that um, – that, well, I'm, the one that I'm particularly commenting on is 2013 because, you know, we've talked a lot so far about that, that whole bump that you get leading into the Olympics and pop-up races. Yes. And then 2013, the year after, you know, that's what happens when pop-up races all disappear at once.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went down to 65 races yeah. in 2013. Now, the thing is, is when we say 57 races in 2006, that also includes the Tour de L'Ode, the big 10-day stage races and a yep. lot of other stage races. So I did look at this in terms of day races because in 2006, 57 races, there were 150 racing days. In 2011, when there were 70 races, there was 126 racing days. Right. And and 2013, where it dropped to 65 races, was actually up to 152 racing days. So it was a really interesting fluctuation. But the pattern is really positive because for the last, you know, since 2013, there's been this steady increase um, 152 racing days in 2013, 167 in 2014, 185 this year, and 186 next year, not counting if the Tour de Britannia and Tour de Lardesh actually reappear.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, you know, so we're on a really, you know, that's a good, that's a good curve, isn't it? That's, it that's is. a curve yeah. direction. So in the last couple of years, we've definitely seen a shift from this, you know, jagged patterns that kind of contradict each other to these, you know, to these kind of curves that have smoothed out and have, do you know what I mean? And of of have felt better. I mean, I might go back and look at the stage racing days a bit in, in more detail. I might add in like 2008, 2009, 2010, 2012, but I haven't done it at the moment because it really does take a lot of time and it makes me want to kill myself. So, <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I think I speak for most of us when I say we don't want that.
1: No, no, no. Thank you. That's very kind of you. And, um, the other thing is about it is I looked at it in terms of stage racing days rather than actual stages because that, seems to me more, the better metric to use yeah because you know yep, a yep. lot of races so,
0: sometimes- so for example a, a race that's got a time trial in the morning and a, a road stage in the afternoon that's still counted as one day yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly because you know it's like a 12 kilometer time trial and a
0: yeah,
1: 90 and- kilometer road race yeah yeah okay so i've done it on racing days because also that's also in terms of when you're looking as a team when you're looking at what proportion of your life you'll spend racing that's, you know, that makes yeah, sense. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. so basically, people, good news. It's good news. The curves are going in the right direction. The, the the, the you know, we've, we're, we're on positives on every metric that we've looked at. There's positives. The only thing that's slightly annoying, frustrating, difficult is that while we've gained and lost those races, we've gained, lost a lot of races in France. We've lost the races in Spain. We basically lost the races in the hilly countries.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we've gained them in the In the Low Countries, basically, and so Belgium races. It's fantastic. We've got more and more Belgian races every year. However, it's a bit frustrating. You can't add mountains to Belgium,
0: not easily. No, no. Um, but then again, then again, you know, we we've got mountains potentially in the form of Wales uh, coming into the calendar. Yes, yes, and,
1: yes, yes, yes. You yes, know, yes. and and, and,
0: and the, uh, a and... hills classic in Belgium. So you know, yeah,
1: and the and the Aviva Women's Tour all the rumors say there's going to be big there's going to be hills this hills in 2016 so um i've looked at where these changes have happened and like around the world and because the biggest changes i looked at it in terms of continents um and because the biggest changes have happened in europe i've also broken europe down into the country so we've got next year we've got like three more races in south and central america we've got one less race in north america but that's because you know the itt yeah yeah um australasia stays the same. same asia has one extra race um Ah, yes, Asia overall has one extra race because we're adding in the the, the two Apple races in Israel. Africa's got no races, which, well, pop-up races, whatever, maybe. And the big changes are in Europe. Yep. And where those changes are in Europe, obviously, we've lost races in France. Yes. We've gained races in Belgium. We've gained races in Great Britain.
0: Yep, yep
1: so we're actually you know we're actually and you know italy's italy i mean italy we used to have like nine and ten races a year and now we've got six but you know it's still better than the four it was in 2015
0: absolutely Um,
1: yeah you know and luxembourg's been pretty solidly you know uh, it was eight or nine it's now 11 i mean it was down from 12 in 2015 because of the novel on euro cup um yeah, it's there's 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 you know, it's all kind of and it's great to have races back in Switzerland because you know, hills, hills, that's good, mountains, mountains. So yeah, so basically my message from this from the UCI is hell UCI, possibly might need to have some conversations with the French Federation. Oh my god. Probably need to have some conversations with Italy about saying, look, you used to have a lot of races, now you don't have so many races. Yeah. You're one of the big cycling nations. How can we help you?
0: Yeah, exactly. What can we do with, with these two federations in particular to to just help stabilize yeah. and and do whatever? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, and then Spain, there's still, again, when you look at like Spain as a cycling force on the men's side versus, you know, when they've got so many good races, they've got the Vuelta, they've got the Volta Catalunya, they've got the Tour of the Basque Country, you know, they've got all these amazing races. How can we work with Spain to kind of get those to get to get more to get more to get more going there? Yeah, and then you know, and then yeah, it's it's you know, then there's rate, then there's countries like Austria and that don't have any any rate, you know, don't have any races and stuff that you could look at too. But it's quite an interesting thing. Um, I'm super happy about Great Britain, and I've got to say, I think it's it's not down to British cycling, I think it's down to Sweet Spot, the race organizers who run the. Of Britain, and who I here's my conspiracy theory. I think that Sweet Spot said to the UCI, You want us in the world tour? We should be in the world tour. If we want, you've got to put Prudential Ride Classic in as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's my theory,
0: right? Right? Well, hey, it's a solid theory. So, until they play hardball, I'll go with it. That's uh, that's fine by me. Hey, um, mate, just just look. I know it'll be, it's possibly kind of cheesy because it's me doing this, but you know, no one else, literally no one else in the podcast can. Thank you for doing all this work because it's a huge amount of work. It's a lot of data, it's a lot of spreadsheet wrestling. I know it's very, you know, frustrating when it's not working and stuff. So thank you for putting all of this together and writing it all up and and stuff. It's a, a huge thing. I know you thanked all your Patreon supporters at the top, but yes, this is exactly the kind of thing that Sarah can literally only do because of the support she receives from people on Patreon. So, you know, just yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you. Yes. Um up next Next week I think we'll talk about a bit more about who's riding and um, yep. who's going to be winning these races because there's been some interesting stuff about um you know about about transfers and some lots and lots of rumors about transfers and some interesting things coming out um some team changes and stuff like that um, we'll also talk about other cycling gossip um I just want to big have a big shout out for Cyclocross fans dear Cyclocross fans did you know that the B post bank trophy series women's races are going to be streamed on Sporter oh Ooh. Starting on this Sunday live. Um very, very interesting on Cyclocross. The big problem for Cyclocross has been that the Super Prestige, there's three main series, the World Cup, the B Post Bank Trophy and Super Prestige. Now Super Prestige was the, se- the the men's series that was streamed worldwide. Um um you know uh well you know was 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 streamed worldwide. Uh on Veer, and it's now gone behind a paywall by a different Oh, KTB. right, right, okay. So, yep. and they've also taken away most of the World Cups from Sportser.
0: Okay. So
1: Sportser, the free, you know, the free to view yep, yep. uh, channel, have responded by deciding to show more women's cyclocross. They're going to be streaming <laughs> the full, which. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Helen Wyman has said for years that that, that, that cyclocross in the, in Belgium has hit its peak saturation point. You know, you, you're not going to get, you know, you, you can't get more people. If you don't like cyclocross by this point in Belgium, you're probably not going to. Right. From the men's side, the obvious growth market is women's cyclocross.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And sports, sir. So at the same time as people are being, like, literally, Belgians are so angry. If you don't have KTV, you're so angry about this. Um, And everyone else is too because, you know, you can't can't even pay for it abroad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, So, yes, it's interesting that the solution, the future of cyclocross is with the women.
0: Absolutely. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool. Look, uh, um, mate, the only other thing that I saw – um, during the week, and uh, you know, I, I I hesitate to mention because I certainly don't really feel like I getting into a deep discussion about. But I did think was interesting is, um, it looks like Hannah Solave is, um, I, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that we've spoken about before. How there's always an underlying fear when a writer as young as she was when she uh, was busted for doping. You know, there's always a fear that they're being exploited or manipulated by, you know, a coach or someone in position of trust and, and influence. And it's it's looking like that may be true.
1: Yeah, yeah. She had, um, it's a bit hard to tell because, you know, obviously translating between Ukrainian and English is hard. But she was speaking to, it's basically saying my coach is an absolute absolute bastard who's who's just awful to me and abuses me and is terrible and i can't work with anyone else and i've only said nice things about him in the past because because he'd go crazy at me if 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 interviews didn't come up with how yeah. much i
0: i liked him and loved loved working with him and appreciated all his help and all that sort of stuff
1: yeah and now i've been thrown on the scrap heap and i'm not allowed to move from him and i'm screwed and it's awful. It's awful. Um, people. Someone called me to task on this for Twitter, on Twitter for saying, but I thought you hated Hannah Solovey. I don't hate Hannah Solovey. I hate that dope cyclists at 21 who are 19 are back in the peloton. And I hate that you can just not ride all year in any race. And so then never get d- 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 drug tested and then then race, you know, then do really well in worlds. And I think yeah. that it's incredibly dodgy. that's a performer doper then gets sacked by Astana. I don't hate her as a person. I've always said, that I suspect that this wasn't her fault, that, you know, yeah, I yeah. that like, violence, and I'm worried about that girl.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's the other piece of it too now is that you definitely have to worry about the the psychological and emotional stress that that puts her under too when she's literally gone as a, as a teenager through this whole path and this is all she's known and now she feels she's been thrown to the scrap heap and she's got no support network and no – like, that is a genuinely scary thing, so – yeah
1: yeah well we'll come back next week to talk um thank you for listening thank you thank you thank you for the support thank you for putting up with me geeking the fuck out Um, (laughs) and yeah we'll um i'll we'll, we'll talk to you very soon all right thanks bye take care